MYP fam, what's going on? My name is Hector Santiago Esteban and I am your host. And this is the show that gives you all of the tools and tactics and secrets to success in podcasting. And today is an interview with someone who has done it at a high level and has what I would consider succeeded as a podcaster. Now, that is all variable and all is, is different depending on what you would consider success. But today we are interviewing Christina from Espooky Tales. And she's someone who actually has three different podcasts in a variety of niches. And we talk about her process creating all of those. And so her biggest one and the one she's most known for is Espooky Tales. And Spooky Tales would probably be a, a, the best way to say it. Uh, we talk about the story behind that. She also has another one called Historias Unknown. And you can see my accent, my trying to accent come out. And then she also has another one called Novel and they're all connected but not really she talks about the story and really the single thread is her she talks about why she started a podcast and also why she sees podcasting as what she wants to make her career and she wants to eventually move towards full-time right now the podcast is supporting itself a little bit but she would like to go to a place where she can be a full-time podcaster and then we talk about how she might do that as well enough from me guys let's get into this interview with christina from spooky tales Christina, welcome to the MYP show. Hi, thanks for having me. We are here, and uh, this is another one of the interviews that stemmed from podcast Twitter. Actually, went started on in podcast Twitter, went over into the Discord, and now we're here. So thank you for spending some time with us today. Catch us up on your journey. We were talking before we hit record that you actually have two shows going on right now that are... Oh, I have, um, yeah, I have three. You have three shows going on. Tell us what's going on, what you got, how you got here. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like many of us, the pandemic hit and I was like, oh my God, I can't go anywhere. I don't have anything to do. And I'd been trying to convince my twin forever to do a podcast with me and she didn't want to because she was worried about her voice. And I was like, who cares? And eventually she agreed after, I don't know, bothering her for so long. And I wanted to do like where we watch Mexican soap operas and recap them, but also talk about why they're problematic, even though we love them. So we started doing that. I always listen to spooky podcasts, true crime podcasts, and... I was like, man, these are always the same stories, same haunted places. I found a couple that were talking about Latin American legends and myths, but then I finished those and I was like, I need more. There was only like two, which I still listen to and I love them. Susto Podcast and Monstras were the two that I found. I finished them and one of them had gone on a long ass break too. So then I was like, I should make one because if I'm looking for this, probably other people are like, I'm obsessed with these type of topics anyway and I tried to convince my twin to do it but she has a super busy work life and me if I'm not running out of things if I'm not super busy then I'm not living so I was like what's another podcast it's fine but it was too much for her to do and then I posted on Twitter and I was like who wants to do this with me and my co-host MJ was like oh I'll do it which I've known her from high school we started that my first one it was September 2020 when we started it and Spooky Tales was November 2020 when it came out I love them all but that's probably the biggest one. They're all fun. And then my other one is a Latin American history podcast. And that's newer. That's five months old, maybe. What even got you into thinking that you would be a podcaster? What's interesting is you're like, oh, another podcast. I think that after you start the first one, the second and third one, they get a lot easier because you've already figured out a lot of stuff. But what was it about podcasting that drew you in and said that, you know what, I want to be busy doing this? 
Oh, when did I, I think my twin started listening to podcasts first and then she would send me some that she listened to. And I was like, wow, how did I not know these existed? Because before 2018, I don't think I'd listened to any podcasts. But then when I could say I became obsessed, now I listen to too many podcasts. I didn't know of any like Latino, Latina focused podcasts. And I was like, why are we not making more podcasts? Later on, I did find them. And that's nice. But I want to add to that because if I want more podcasts, I'm sure there's more people that want these type of topics. There's like not a lot of shows about them. And so really, as a podcast marketer, I think, oh, that's a really great decision, right? Because it's very niche, but it's not always an easy decision necessarily. What drew you to creating podcasts for what I would imagine is like a Would you say it's like a bilingual kind of audience or is it strictly Spanish? No, it's in English, but I think the audience is really like you're born here, your parents are immigrants and you're looking to connect more with the culture. So like none of my podcasts are in Spanish. (laughs) We throw in Spanish words here and there like Spanglish, but yeah, none of them are in Spanish. That's really interesting because we have bilingual show and it's to that kind of audience, which I don't think there are a lot of people catering to, which is second and third generation. What has been surprising to you about doing these types of shows? What's been the biggest thing that you've taken away from the whole journey? I guess finding other similar podcasters and creators like in the same Mm. space and connecting with them. That's been super, super fun. Just getting to know more people doing the same stuff. For myself personally, it's been great. I've learned to make the podcast. I'm now trying to create my own editing business and I've got a couple clients. Did you have any skills coming in or what was your background? I think it was scarier to think about how do I do this than actually starting to do it. Now, obviously, I'm like, oh, yeah, you got to compress things. You have to make it sound better. In the beginning, it was like, oh, let me just cut some stuff out. (laughs) So there's so much clipping and I listen back to those. I'm like, oh, my God, my ears. Ouch. I'm not like a technological person, but learning all of it was fun. I'm also not super scared by technologies. Once you actually sit down and do it, then it was like, okay, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. The show that we connected around first was, curious how you pronounce it, eSpooky Tales. It combines a lot of worlds. But when you're explaining your show or you're telling someone about what you have a show about, how do you explain it to people? It's all about haunted places, myths, legends, sometimes true crime with a focus on Latin America. Developing that show, can you talk about how that has evolved or what's gone into that? Because I think also a big part of podcasting is just showing up and talking and having a conversation. But I think you've put a lot of thought and research and there's a lot of stuff that kind of goes into it outside of the recording. What's that been like for you as a podcaster? Before we started, we created like this big Google Docs, things that we know we want to talk about. Obviously, there's the main legends that everyone already talks about, like La Llorona, but we wanted to find more like, what is the origin? Is she more than this evil woman that's trying to kill her children? Chupacabras. We made this long list of topics and we're always adding to it. So every week we find one, we pick one, and then we dive into researching our stories. And each one of us puts together our side of the script. And then we just get on the podcast and share it. Are there any episodes that did better than you thought would? Or were there any episodes that really resonated with people that we were surprised by? I'll share like a very short version of it on TikTok. For whatever reason, that gets a lot of views. And so those are the episodes that usually get a lot of listens. One that it's a fun story, but I didn't realize so many people had stories about it is a legend called La Mano Peluda, which is like this hairy hand that drags you to hell, basically. And parents tell their children, don't get up in the middle of the night because La Mano Peluda is going to be waiting for you. 
So when I shared a very short 40 second clip, just sharing the legend, I just make a comment on TikTok. Oh, I just released an episode about this. So those usually get good amount of listens, which I'm like always surprised. Oh, mermaid, mermaid legends always do really well, which is surprising to me, but... (laughs) Mermaid legends? What? Yeah. Can you, what can you tell us? What are mermaid legends? So there's so many of them across Latin America, but Acan, Mexico, there's a lake called Sirawen. According to legend, during colonization, there was some Spanish people who go and they take the indigenous leader's daughter and take her captive. She's trapped in this lake and she cries, and then her tears form a lake. The sun and moon deities, they hear her crying and they're like, you know what, we're going to help you. And they turn her into a mermaid so she can escape her Spanish captor. And now she's said to roam the lake and drag men to their death. And all those legends do so well. (laughs) That's funny. Which one was the first show that you started? The novelas one. That was Novelas con Cafecito. What has been the journey like having multiple shows or starting multiple shows and then you've got them all running at the same time, which not everybody has? What's that journey been? It's been busy, but fun. The one that I mostly focus on social media wise is the Spooky Tales, just because it's the biggest one. The other one is for fun, the telenovela one. So that one, we don't know how to do social media for it, so we don't even worry about it. But we do have a set of 50 people that listen. And when we went on our break, they're like, where are you guys? And I was like, I'm sorry, life is busy right now. We'll be back one day. And when we came back, we did have people like, oh my God, you guys are back. That one's always surprising to me because that one seems super focused compared to a Spooky Tales, which is like a wider range of topics that all fall under the same thing. But that one, we're watching one soap opera right now. And we recap every single episode of that one soap opera. I'm surprised people listen to that one. And then the history one is new and I usually just use the Spooky Tales TikTok to try and promote that one. But even then we'll also get people like, oh, we had no idea about these stories. So thanks for the podcast. It's busy having all three, but it's a lot of fun. I can't imagine doing other stuff instead. Hey, MYP fam, I wanted to let you guys in on something we started called Podcast AMA. And as Christina and I've mentioned a lot on the show that the community aspect and meeting other people in the space is not only is it fun, but I think it's important and valuable to your show. So we're creating community where you're not only just going to get the info and the resources that you need to thrive as a podcaster, but also the relationships and connections with awesome people. And so if you go to podcastama.com, the podcast and then the letters ama.com, you can get all the info. We're going to be having some virtual mixers that you guys can come to. And then we also have some other programs that you guys can go a little deeper in as well. But thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. Christina, you mentioned that you focus a little more on a spooky tales than the other ones. Do you treat the shows any differently because one is, like you said, bigger than the others? Do you look at them any differently or does one get priority or how do you manage all that? Oh, yeah. A spooky tales gets priority. And then the one that, that it's like gets least priority is the soap opera one. Is a spooky tales monetized? We have 21 patrons. That creates a little more accountability or responsibility there. I can't get behind on that one. And so if MJ's like, I can't record, then I have Carmen, my twin, (laughs) step in. So there's always an episode on that one. And then the other two, if my twin and I, she hosts both of them with me. If we need breaks, then we're like, let's not record this week. It's fine. And then we'll just put a message out on social media. Like, we're not recording this week. But with the Spooky Tales, I don't do that. (laughs) What was that like getting to monetization? Did you always think that it was going to be a show that you were going to monetize and create a community model? Or how did that evolve? 
I did not. But then we started getting people asking, do you guys have a patron? And I'm like, no, <laughs> should I? I guess. A year into it, I was like, I guess we'll start a patron. And we send out stickers every month and have like a couple, sometimes two bonus episodes a month, sometimes just one. And then our patrons get to vote on movie nights. And that's pretty much the perks. Surprisingly, the highest tier has the most patrons. And then the middle one still has a few. I didn't have plans to monetize it, but people started asking. Oh, if people are asking, then I think then we have a shot to at least let it pay for itself. Yeah. Was that a process for you to give up that? I don't know what the word is, but a, a terrible term that came was like a podcast purity. Indie podcasters are so weird about it. And I'm like, why not monetize it? Why not at least make what you put into it? At least make that back. You're putting time into it. People are asking. If people are asking, it means they want it. Why not make a little bit off of it? Yeah. So I was never weird about it, but yeah, some people are weird. <laughs> Are there any surprises or unexpected benefits that you've seen from the Patreon since starting it? Whether it's interactions with the community members or things that came from it. The reason I ask is I've talked to a lot of people who are hesitant to do that model, right? They have all these fears or hesitations or whatever it is. Oh, um, yeah. It's been great. The people on there, they were like day one listeners. They love the show. We love them. And I think if you can do it, if it's in your capacity, yeah, because our Patreon episodes, they're not like super researched. We just tell each other scary stories we found mostly on Reddit. And it's fun because it's not research heavy, but it's fun because we just telling each other scary stories and MJ had gotten to she had some trouble with her basically had to like throw all her belongings away and then temporarily move out and move back in and she's like how am I gonna pay for this we're like I don't know let's just start a GoFundMe and so many of our Patreon members were like we want to help MJ and they helped her get very close to her GoFundMe goal I guess people really like us <laughs> Do you find yourself doing anything to cultivate that community or is that just something that happens organically? From the beginning, I was like, I'm going to make sure that I reply to people commenting. If someone is like a regular commenter, I'm going to remember who they are. I could name a few now of people that I know, like our regular listeners are always commenting and we always comment back. I message back on the socials. We have like listeners send in spooky stories. If someone sends in five in one super long email, I'm like, oh my God, thank you. Let me send you a sticker. We just try to interact with the people that we know listen. I think that's probably what helps. In the beginning, people would be like, oh my God, you actually reply. There's so many podcasters that don't reply to anything. I think that was it, just interacting with the people that are listening because it's like, why not? It's very easy to do. Yeah. And so easy not to do perhaps as well though. True. Because I see a lot <laughs> of people not doing it. Looking forward, you've got three shows you mentioned starting your own podcast business. If you could look forward as far as you can, or if things worked out, where do you see it yourself going within the podcast world? I would like to be doing this full time in a couple of years. I could see it happening. What is it about podcasting that makes you want to go full time on it? I hear a lot of people who have that. And I guess we can talk about the what and the how, but I'm curious about what is it that's driving you and pulling you in that direction? Oh, because I love it. Ever since starting the podcast, I'm like, this is fun. Which part? All of it. The looking at the topics, getting the stories out. It helps to have listeners. That is, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Having people listen. But even as far as the shows that I edit myself, what someone wants to put out into the world, taking it, making it sound all nice and spiffy and cohesive. It's fun and enjoyable. And I'm a healthcare worker and I'm so over it <laughs> compared to that. 
this is, it's actually fulfilling. It's actually fun. I see that so much in podcasting because there's this ease of access for people to get started. And that idea of getting out to something that's important to you, I think, is at least something that most people experience. Not everybody wants yeah. to have a platform or a voice, but a lot of people do. Yeah. Do you have any favorite tools or plugins or anything that you would feel comfortable or excited to recommend? Even equipment? Yes, I love Reaper. I will never go back to like Audacity, which is what I started with, which is fine to start with. It's easy to use. But after switching to Reaper, it's been life changing. It's so easy to use once you learn it. At first, it was scary. What is it meant to do? It's like any DAW digital audio workspace, a one-time payment. Technically, it has an unlimited free trial access, which people use to just use it for free forever, which I personally feel wrong doing. So I paid the $60. It's a one-time payment. It can edit video. Then it saves you from having two separate things to edit video and audio. You can use it with Isotope, the plugins, RX plugins. You can add in any plugin, VST plugin. I recently started trying to get into sound design and I got Spitfire Labs. I don't know if you heard of them, but they're just basically instruments that use plugins and you can create it in Reaper using those plugins. It's just, it's a fantastic tool and you can customize it. It's so customizable. You can edit in faster speed and preserving the pitch so you don't sound like a chipmunk. It's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> I think those are exciting when they give you the opportunity to make a piece of art, which I think podcasts mm -hmm. can be. The last question here, Christina, if there's something that you would say one big part of our show and part of our podcast AMA community and everything that we're trying to do is to prevent pod faith and to podcasters just keep publishing. Maybe you've experienced moments of doubt, but if someone is wavering or they're exhausted or in that place, what kind of advice or encouragement would you give to someone who's there? Personally, take breaks if you need them. Like I said, one of mine had like an eight-month break. Even in Spooky Tales, I think we had like a two-month break when I had my second child. Breaks are important. Have a schedule. If you're not having fun anymore, reassess it because it shouldn't feel like, oh, I have to do this thing now. You should feel excited about it. And it's okay to not sometimes. But if you're like over it, then it's also okay to stop. But if not, then yeah, take a break if you need it. Sometimes you'll be taking a break and someone messages like, hey, when are you coming back? And it's like, oh my God, someone does listen. Great advice to take a break. Christina, can you name the shows again? So people can go follow if they want. My soap opera one is Novelas con Cafecito. And then Spooky Tales is the Haunted Places, Myths, Legends, Latin American Folklore. And then my uh, Latin American Obscure History one is called Historias Unknown. I love it. I have been a true crime wimp, but I think your show touches enough where I might be able to stomach it because... Yeah, and it's a little bit of true crime. It's not a lot. Mostly just haunted places. <laughs> I, now I'm thinking about it. I don't know if I can handle it. I'm just kidding. Thank you, Christina, for coming on. Twitter is where we connected. Is there anywhere else on social media that people can go follow you? No, I mostly just use Twitter for myself. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate you being part of the fam and sticking with us here. We'll see you on the next one. Later, y'all.